I was given the diary. We've certainly got some great material. My name is James, and my dad has kept a diary each day since 1987. Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of the Half-Life of Brian podcast joined by my dad dad, <laughs> and co-host Brian Carlberg once more and we're back here again to look at another diary. Uh, 1989, it's our third, third diary. Lots of things happened, hopefully we've chronicled uh, most of them, local and, uh, and global. I was playing football still at that stage so we've got the... Uh, Saturday football and the Sunday football and also midweek six-a-side football. So I was quite fit at the, at the, still at, at this stage. Not the, the, the decrepitness that, that you see in front of you now. You're getting <laughs> this in early, I know. <laughs> wasn't like yeah, that then. I'm still young. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> one of the first football entries actually I've got of, uh, of 1989 was on the, uh, the 2nd of January, which was, uh, it was the bank holiday and... Uh, we went down the Adders, and the Adders beat the old enemy, Nuneaton Borough. So that's Addiston United? Yeah, well, it might have been Addiston Town then, actually. Oh, Addiston Town. Yeah, we beat, uh, beat uh, Nuneaton Borough 2-1 at Sheepy Road. So there'd have been a big crowd, about 600 or so. Oh, apart from all, because they, they'd have a Nuneaton lot over as well. And, uh, oh, that was a, a really good win. So after a, after a good start there, uh, unfortunately it wasn't... Uh, Copied by Newcastle, who were obviously were ardent followers of. <laughs> they got relegated this season. It was a, one of the sad relegation years. We we went to a few matches. Uh, it was uh, this year when uh, started going to quite a few games with uh, Darren Darren Story, who's uh, a good friend for many years. You know, since obviously this is thirty odd years ago and. Uh, He'll recall as well the uh, the marathon third round FA Cup ties we went to in uh, early in January of 1989, when uh, Newcastle sadly, but not unpredictably, went out as usual to to Watford this time. And uh, in those days, there was no penalty shootouts or anything like that. You just played extra times and uh, replays until somebody won properly. <laughs> And uh, they drew at Newcastle, and then we went to uh, a replay at Watford. And uh, Darren and I we went to that, and uh, and Sheila, I think, was was with us as well. And uh, in those days, it was on the terraces, and it was uh, we had to walk through the allotments at Watford at the back of the away stand. These uh, trudge through these muddy allotments. <laughs> I kid you not, to get to the. Uh, the, the cash turnstiles and you'd go in it'd be a Tuesday night you know we like treading on people's cabbages and yeah like yeah sort of thing yeah and anyway we drew that so there was another replay then back at St James's Park which they drew again and these would all be after extra time you know so then there was a third replay then at Watford again off we went on a midweek again through through the allotments at the back of the uh, the back of the away end alas this time lost 1-0 <laughs> so oh god it's horrendous the, 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 Things that haven't changed from all them years ago, really. As I say, we got relegated. I remember going to the last match of the season, which was at Manchester United, and your granddad, Granddad Charlie, came with us to that one, and that was a 
That was a grim affair. We lost that as well, 2 0. But they were already down by then. I remember going to the Arsenal game, uh, which was the third last game of the season, I think, on the 15th of April. And uh, I used to always take a, a little transistor radio with me because it was before the, the iPhones and and think the little laptops and things like that. Podcasts, dare you say? Oh, before, yes, be, well before podcasts. I used to have this little transistor radio and we were uh, watching the match. We were in the clock end at Highbury, which was the open end where the away fans went. And you just, again, you turned up, there's no tickets, you just turned up and paid at a cash turnstile and they crammed in as many as they could get in. <laughs> which was, uh, again, that's a sign of the times because I'll never forget standing on the terraces there and listening to me little crackly radio and uh, news coming through uh, of the FA Cup semi-final that day which was uh, at Hillsborough between uh, Liverpool and Nottingham Forest and of course the news was that uh, there'd been uh, a terrible crush in the Leppings Lane end where all the Liverpool fans were and uh, wow yeah and, and that was it that was Hillsborough we, we, we were standing on the terraces at uh, Highbury at the time we'll come back to that in a little while yeah because there was a, a lot of football talk there which is highly important of course oh, yeah. in, in the Brian Carberg experience well I could talk, talk about even more <laughs> so <laughs> but it's full of it the diaries we'll, we'll come back because it, yeah so yeah. Um, obviously the diaries at this point they're getting a bit more expressive and yeah. uh, you've got a bit more space to play with your description of events yeah. and the cast of characters you mentioned Darren who's coming here yeah, as well yeah. your days and your your descriptions get a bit more vivid and get a bit more uh, in depth we'll come back to Hillsborough because that was obviously a massive event of this year oh, yeah. and there's lots to unpack there one of the big things we've had some feedback already from Ooh. our from our episodes very good uh, and surprisingly one of the big things that caused a, a hot topic of debate was the whole VHS v Betamax oh right what the benefits were why VHS became more prevalent. Um, it caused hot debate. Friend of the pod, Sean Wade, a good friend of ours and fellow Suffering Newcastle fan. Oh, yeah. Um, Magpie group. He developed a, a theory about recording times and how one was able to record more content than another. Oh, yeah. So VHS became more popular for that reason. Mm -hmm. And also, um, he had a lot to say about... We, we had your... Quick summary of the Middle East situation, oh, yes. but also the, the the about the super gun. Oh yes. About the references, <laughs> probably felt that Coventry was getting too much credit there for getting Saddam Hussein's yeah. super gun out there. Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, there was news about it at the time from uh, Coventry, but uh, if you, it was also uh, I think they they found the parts at the Teesside docks, didn't they? And uh, the the Sheffield Forge masters were implicated and. Uh, but uh, I've been in Sheffield Forge Masters, incidentally. What a place that is. Oh, you've n I've never seen engineering like it. Absolutely fantastic place. So these places dotted about the country yeah, were producing yeah, yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the super gun uh, parts, some of them can still be seen. They're on show in the museum in Portsmouth, I, b I believe. Uh, some of the tubes that they managed to uh, rescue and uh, put on display. So in the Portsmouth area, go check that out if you've uh, if you're interested. Yeah. Um, Weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we had somebody had thought it was quite brave. The first five minutes into this podcast, you tackled HIV. That was because I'd, uh, I'd recorded Liberace as uh, having uh, died. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, keep the uh, keep yeah. the feedback coming. Um, yeah. We really enjoyed the contact from 
uh, friends and more widely, of course, from who have, who have listened to the podcast. So we hope to get that uh, going as we go forward. You mentioned Liberace just now, who left us in 1987, yeah. which was the first diary. We've got really, really significant, particularly departures. We've got some comings that you may recognise uh, from modern times. Uh, Daniel Ratcliffe, who is, of course, Dad. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah, yeah. was born uh, in 1989. Uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, yes, good uh, top singer, isn't she? Yep, you're, yeah, you're yeah. doing well so far. <laughs> <laughs> and this will test you. PewDiePie. You've got me there. Yeah, I didn't think you'd get that one. Sounds like a Walt Disney character. <laughs> he is uh, one of the one of the biggest internet celebrities. He's he's one of the most successful YouTubers of all of time. So he's a he's a, a significant. But uh, more significantly, perhaps relevant to your diaries, are the departures in yeah. 1989. Well, somebody who definitely isn't an internet uh, sensation uh, was the first to uh, shuffle off this mortal coil in uh, in early January, and that was the. Emperor Hirohito, who was a Japanese war leader of the Second World War, so he uh, very controversially been given a, a state visit and uh, you know meeting the Queen and uh, in in those days there was still a lot of veterans from the uh, you know the Burma campaign and things like that and uh, somebody actually tried to attack the cortege as it was going up the Mall. And, so he's uh, the, he's the leader of Imperial Japan. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was revered as a sort of God, demigod by the uh, Japanese people, you know, they, they would uh, all gladly follow themselves to, uh, to to death to support him, you know, which is uh, in complete contrast, of course, to the, the modern day Japanese people who are, who are very uh, yeah. Having having yeah. been to Japan personally, yes. it's uh, it's it still resonates that idea of um, cultural honor. It seems to really manifest itself in politeness these days. The yes. most polite people I've ever met. Yes. Uh, the, the, yeah. the Japanese, a huge yeah. um, departure to start off with. Yes, uh, and uh, closely followed uh, by the, the, the great uh, surrealist painter Salvador Dali, in, uh, also in January. The, the guy famous for the, um, the paintings of the melted clocks and that sort of thing. Persistence of Memory. Yes. Is the title of that? Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, all right. I didn't and then there's that. also the yeah. death. The, one of my favourites of his is the yeah. the death of death of Narcissus. Yes, I've heard of that one. Which yeah. is it? It basically is a, a, a painting that acts like a, a mirror. So you have like a human form looking into a pond, but then there's a lot of surreal yes, I, images I, below I really it. Call that, yes. um, we'll, we'll we'll post it yeah. as part of the uh, the Twitter output, I'm yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, huge. Salvador, obviously, he was he was be, it's just beyond the art. He was a character in his own oh, right, was my understanding. He used to do lectures, sat on a step ladder. Yeah. Um, he was famous. Mustachioed person. Yeah, real, real unusual looking, uh, as you'd expect. Uh, presentation of his uh, his looks. Uh, and he was he was eighty four, so he, he had you know plenty of time to to be creative. You know, quite a long life. And uh, sadly, as as well, well uh, you can't drag me away from football for too long. Back on Newcastle. Oh, uh, <laughs> legend, Joe Harvey passed away sadly and. In February, uh, Joe was the uh, was the the Newcastle manager when I first started to go and watch Newcastle in the, the late sixties, and uh, to this day he's the only uh, manager who managed to win any silverware <laughs> when they won the Intercity's first cup in nineteen sixty nine. But uh, 
the, that was hurriedly changed its name after Newcastle won it to the UEFA uh, Cup. <laughs> talk so, about uh, talk about persistence yeah. of memory. Oh yeah, but I mean Joe was uh, a star of the uh, the fifties FA Cup winning sides, of course. So you know, uh, the year ago birth. Oh no! Uh, well, I'm, now you've brought that up. Uh, the last time Newcastle won a domestic trophy was in 1955, uh, Joe Harvey's uh, era. And of course, I came along a year later in 1956. So they haven't won a domestic trophy in my lifetime. <laughs> Sadly. So, so yeah, we'll move on from that. Lifelong jinx. Yeah, lifelong jinx. Yeah, 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 well, it's there. Correlations. Yeah. It's not causation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't drive me off the football theme just yet because... Uh, I'll try. We also lost uh, Don Revie, the uh, the famous Leeds and England manager in uh, in May of, uh, of this year. And uh, Don Reeves' teams, oh, I remember them in the 60s and 70s. The Leeds United were fantastic. You always mentioned them in the same breath as Liverpool and uh, Manchester United. And it's, it's, for people of my age, it's amazing to see that, see them down, you know, in the lower divisions because they were always the, the best team, really, in my youth. And uh, very much part of Don Reeves' uh, culture that was, but uh, oh, they were they were hard. They, they were very skillful, but they, they were also a very hard team who could uh, muscle their way uh, through and, and kick their way through a game if they had to, as well as uh, play brilliant football. And the arts took a mortal blow in in both comedy and drama. Yeah, uh, oh, but it's later in the year really. But we had uh, the great. Uh, Graham Chapman, Monty Python fame, uh, King Arthur himself, and Brian, my namesake, from the uh, <laughs> where we, we, we draw the title of this podcast from. Yeah, Graham Chapman, the first of the Pythons. He was only 48, so he's quite young. I can remember the uh, his, uh, his, his funeral, John Cleese, uh, getting up to talk about him as, as being a... You'd expect it from them, being... A, Hilariously disrespectful. He called him a, 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 you know, good riddance to the freeloading bastard. He said, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you wouldn't expect any anything other from an anarchic group as uh, as uh, Monty Python. I mean, this this year we've <laughs> unfortunately we lost um, Terry Jones as well. Yes. Uh, yes so and, and and up until yeah. that point, it was yeah. one down. Five to go, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Graham Chapman, big. Um, yeah. yeah, as you say. Yeah. Namesake of the podcast. Yes. And yes. arguably, like one of the bigger figures in terms of the certainly the films, yeah. Life of Brian and yeah. uh, Holy Grail. Yeah. He's a huge yeah. cast member and presence in yeah. that. So we have to give him a mention. And uh, in in treading the boards, Sir Larry, Sir Larry Olivier. Of course, yes, yes. Uh, stage and screen uh, legend. Also a uh, narrator of one of the greatest uh, documentary series ever ever produced, the, the World at War, which we've all, all seen over and over again. One of the, be- one of the better recordings of the, uh, what happened in the uh, World War Two. Is that perhaps because he, he's a famous Shakespearean actor, wasn't he? Oh, yes. And yeah, uh, yeah. His, his kind of, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the dramatic yeah. gravitas that he probably brought that's, to that. That's the word. He had the gravitas to... to 
pull that one off. Yeah. Famous for his uh, his portrayal of Henry V, probably most famously. Yes. Yes. At uh, the, the, the 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 battle rend uh, rendition speech in that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. probably you know where you hear all God for cry yeah. God for Harry England and Saint George. Yes. That's where a lot of that comes from when you yeah. see memes on Facebook. Yeah. Come come football tournament time. Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of inspiration will be taken from. Yes. Sir Larry's portrayal. Yes. Yeah. Of uh, Henry V. Yeah. So. And Richard the Third, he was a good Richard the Third as well, I think. In the okay. Film, yeah, but it was it was often portrayed as the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, anyway, we had a, a, a incredible uh, event happen very close to home, actually, just up the road in in Kegworth, in uh, early in the year, and that was in one of the first events in the diary, really, of uh, of nineteen eighty nine. When uh, a, we had a plane crash on the on the M1 East Midlands Airport, uh, a plane uh, crashed onto the actual motorway. Wow! And, uh, yeah, yeah. So it says here dozens die as plane crashes on motorway. Yeah, yeah. Boeing seven three seven. It was on. I think it was on its uh, way to Belfast, and it, it uh, diverted to the East Midlands Airport, but it, it couldn't. Uh, it couldn't make it. You know, it left Heathrow. And uh, the engines caught fire, and it, it actually crashed onto the motorway, and uh, forty-six people killed. So yeah, every time I go past there, because we obviously drive past there quite a lot, I often think about what it must have been like driving up the motorway and, and seeing something like that happen in front of you. Yeah, quite a, quite a stark and harrowing experience. Um, a lot, of, a lot of tragedy this year, um, unfortunately. Um, we mentioned Hillsborough. Earlier on, um, obviously that was a, a people dying in a, in a plane crash on a motorway. Spectacular though it is, is is is, is tragic. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned your experience of the being amongst a football crowd and hearing the news of the yeah. Hillsborough disaster yeah. elsewhere. Of course, we know now that it's a, a disaster in which ninety six people died, yeah. and there was a huge campaign by groups such as Spirit of Shankly and the, the local supporters groups in and around Liverpool to, to get justice for the, the 96. Obviously, that's a huge story that surrounds that. There's a lot of controversy that's come out since. At the time, it was a very different story that was being told, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got the, the figures wrong in my diary. My diary says 108 died, you know, but uh, that's what you get. Initial reports are usually come through a, 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 a bit sensational and what have you but there'll be a lot of people hospitalized yeah, and injured and yeah, things like that yeah. i think it was 95 killed on on the, the day wasn't it and then uh, another fella sadly died after the, the switched his life support off almost a year later okay so that's what became 96 but uh the, uh the 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 good that's come out of it in, in my this is my opinion uh was that the the people of the of good people of liverpool won't stand any more nonsense from the press, and the, they'll have no truck with the, the scurrilous rag. That's the the Sun newspaper. They don't. Uh, you, you can't buy that in Liverpool. I don't think. So don't buy the Sun is the hashtag that you see. Yeah, quite a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, and I agree with it. But why is that wholeheartedly? Because there, well, they, there'll they, be people. They, there'll be they, people who'll be listening yeah. to the podcast now who yeah. who won't understand the the, the context of yeah, the time. Yeah. Well, the Sun. The Sun. What did they were brand the, the supporters themselves, the fans themselves, as being responsible, you know, and 
everybody else was uh, not not to blame. You know, but, but, but of course the uh, the inquiries have, have, have found out that uh, you know there was a, a lot of mistakes made by the, uh, the the people who were in in charge of the the gates and the the police supervision at the time. In in Sheffield in South Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Hashtag don't buy the sun people. The Ayatollah, Ayatollah Khomeini in uh, Iran, uh, passed what they call a fatwa. What did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a death sentence. He, he passed on uh, the author Salman Rushdie, who'd uh, just brought a, a book out called The Satanic Verses, which was uh, an attack on uh, on Islam, uh, according to the Ayatollah and his. Uh, these, these people, so uh, he put like the equivalent of a three million pound reward on on the head of Salman Rushdie. A lot of money in 1989. Oh right? yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I, it's a disrespectful book uh, apparently to, to Islam, and of course you that that was uh, deserving of a, a death sentence according to the Ayatollah. And uh, pleased to see it never happened. Yeah, the, the fatwa at, yeah. at the time, the height of Iran being the Islamic Republic. Yeah. We, we mentioned the, the situation in, in previous podcasts about what yeah. had happened. And uh, yeah, so the, there's increased tensions between the West because of things like this. You've got... Well, what... uh, actually, uh, at the time, the, uh, the, the Soviet Union uh, were in Afghanistan at the time. The, the, the group called the Mujahideen were uh, were fighting against them the west was giving them uh, weapons and supplying them you know they, they were the freedom fighters they were the heroes the mujahideen and uh brezhnev had, had, who was the president of the ussr in 1979 had, had sent thousands and thousands of troops in to take over afghanistan and uh, of course we've learned over the decades and centuries really you, you can't you can't go into Afghanistan and take it over. It just doesn't work like that. And the, the Soviet Union were finding we were withdrawing in 1989. In February, they'd nearly withdrawn everybody uh, out of uh, Afghanistan. They were hurriedly escaping over the uh, through the southern border, the passes, the Hindu Kush, I think it is. Uh, convoys hundreds of miles along with tanks and lorries and troops escaping with the. Uh, Ten thousand of these mujahideen in the in the mountains, picking them off as they went, and another thirty thousand mujahideen uh, attacking Kabul and firing rockets at the retreating Russians. So they were Russia. Uh, the Soviet Union was in a state of collapse, really, at the time. You know, the uh, the, the Warsaw Pact countries were were all going like dominoes, one after another. You know, Hungary and Czechoslovakia and and Poland that had solidarity, the, the Union with Lech Wałęsa and everything like that. The, the, the Soviet leader at the time was um, uh, Gorbachev and uh, he'd been really looking to make peace with uh, the West, with hard-nosed Western leaders like Thatcher and, uh, and Reagan at the time. He'd, uh, he'd invi- invented two new words, uh, it was perestroika and glasnost, that uh, were Russian words that had come into the uh, into our sphere, you know, meaning like hands across the water and, and democracy and uh, opening up, 
of, of uh, Russia to to the west. The uh, on your birthday, your third birthday in November, uh, November the ninth, the uh, the Berlin Wall was coming down, and uh, thousands of people were escape were escaping the east to the west. You know, and uh, the feared East German uh, secret police and all that had all been swept aside. The Stasi, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honecker, I think, was the, uh, the the leader. And uh, all these... these. Uh, this was probably lost on me at the time. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. You're only three. <laughs> it was on your third birthday. It was all, like, oh, it was all happening. And David Hasselhoff apparently sang on the wall. Oh, well, did he? I he takes a, he t yeah. apparently takes yeah. credit yeah. for some of this. I know you're, you're, you're crediting Gorbachev and yeah. the leaders, so-called yeah. leaders, but... But it was the Hoff. It was the Hoff oh, in well, real life. Yeah. Don't hassle the yeah. Hoff. Anyway, there's bits of the wall everywhere. Now, I, I was at the Imperial War Museum in, in London a, a few months ago, and we got a, a section of it there, which is uh, all covered in graffiti, of course, and everything. It was, uh, as I say, it, it, it was a, a massive year in that respect. It, you know, the end of... Uh, the uh, Cold War, in that, in that, as we as we knew it then. So is it, is it, does this? It ended with uh, an, another passing, really, of the, the last of the the real communist dictators, which it was Nicolae Ceausescu, in 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 Romania. It was a, it was the last Stalinist bastion, if you like, in Europe, and uh, it ended very badly for him. In uh, actually on Christmas Day of. Uh, December the 25th of 1989 when he was taken outside his palace he made himself a fantastic palace he had in uh, in Romania and him and his wife were both taken out and put against the wall and unceremoniously shot so it wasn't a very good Christmas day for him and that was the, that, the, the, that was it then you know the, the, he was the the last one if you like of the, uh, the as I say the Stalinist dictators Puts our worst family Christmases into context. Well, we 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 weren't all we weren't very well. Uh, we, we, were, we were a lot better off than Nikolai Ceausescu, but uh, we we all got colds in 1989. I, I've got it in the diary. You know, uh, your granddad Den was full of cold. Granddad Charlie was. I was. Both you and Alan were. So we we, we were a very sorry bunch. We were that Christmas. Uh, we still had a good time, like, but we were all full of cold. <laughs> <laughs> still. You know, so 1989 is effectively the the real terms fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah, yes. Well, from it, start it, to finish, all all through the diary, there's little there's little pieces about you know uh, Hungary has has uh, changed hands and Czechoslovakia has, and then uh, you know somewhere else it's about Poland. You know, and say culminates with uh, Romania, but. Uh, and uh, of course, early on the with withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's uh, and of course when we were withdrawn from Afghanistan, the, the uh, a, a certain Osama bin Laden was uh, one of the leading Mujahideen players then. So he was a he was a hero, free you know, for uh, fighting the uh, the big red bear, the Soviets, and kicking them out. One man's terrorist is another, another man's student fighter. Fight. Yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. You know how that turned out. Yeah. So the lens yeah. of the lens of history. Yeah. Uh, sees people yeah. in a different light at yeah. this point. He was he was our big pal in 1989. <laughs> Osama. <laughs> <laughs> Famous Arsenal fan apparently. Oh yes, apparently so. Yeah, he stood on the terraces at Arsenal. Just to drag us back to football. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, with football, as I say, we got relegated Newcastle, which is uh, it's all documented in the diaries. Depressing reading that is. But of course, a year straddles two seasons, and the season started up again in uh, in August, and uh, we were in the lower division, of course. But we'd got uh, the mighty Quinn, Mickey Quinn, playing for us then, and I've got his his debut documented here, St James's Park, Newcastle five. Leeds United 2. Quinney scored four of them. Four goals on your debut. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a series of contrasts there of fortunes. Newcastle coming out on top, at least for once. The family seem to have picked up karate at this point. Karate seems to be a thing. We started we in the Memorial Hall in Addiston. We had a, a karate school start. Uh, and uh, it was a sort of def defensive form of karate. I think uh, Wadaru, I think it was it was called. And uh, Sheila and I uh, first went. We got a, a yellow stripe belt. It was the first one you got. Then we got uh, yellow belts, and we were we were doing okay. We were really enjoying it. We, we hardly ever missed. Every Monday night would be there. I think we would have we would have eventually. I think Alan joined later on when he was a bit, a bit bigger. Brown nappies rather than belts at this point for him, I think. <laughs> anyway, normally people drop out of uh, karate schools. This was the reverse. The, we, were, we were enjoying it and the karate school folded up. <laughs> so uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't go to the memorial hall anymore. It's a shame because when I look uh, now at weekends, there's, a, there's obviously another one there at the moment and there's dozens of people in there every week. Well, uh, they were lucky if they could just get... Uh, two or three of us in those days, which is a bit sad. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I never became uh, a black belt because uh, you're wearing a black belt. Yes, I'm wearing a black belt. <laughs> That's just to keep my trousers up. <laughs> a martial art in itself. Yeah, with the the, the 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 karate club packed us up. We didn't pack them up. <laughs> <laughs> what would Hirohito think? Uh, yeah. I was, it was a Japanese. Uh, they had like a Japanese grand uh, master who, who used to come over occasionally and uh, um, were introduced to him and everything. He was a yeah, smashing fellow, he was. One weekend in particular seems to, when you're flicking through the diaries, strikes out for me. We've had the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Soviet Union. Further east, lots, lots of goings on in China. Yeah. Actually, to, to tie it into the diary, we, uh, we had a caravan at the time. And uh, I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to say we took the caravan to China. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, in, in June, we hitched our caravan up and we decided to go to, to Newquay in Cornwall. And, uh, and on the very day that we did that, we set off about four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we set off for, for Newquay in Cornwall with the caravan. Uh, it was uh, Saturday the 3rd of uh, June. On the news in the car on the way down, we had news that Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini had died and uh, there'd been a bloodbath of uh, army and demonstrators in China, in Beijing. You actually used the term bloodbath in the diary. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So uh, there was us setting off for our summer holiday. We'd, we'd booked six weeks at Hendra, Newquay, this beautiful campsite just outside Newquay. And we were going to go down for two weeks, and then uh, your grandma and granddad, Charlie and Mary, were going to go down for the second weeks, and then your 
yeah, Nana and Grandad Chasha were going to go down for the third uh, of the two weeks. And uh, while we were enjoying a lovely summer holiday like that, the Chinese were having the, the pro-democracy marches. And uh, a couple of weeks before, I'd mentioned in the diary that there'd been uh, student unrest in uh, in China, you know, so it was something that was bubbling up for so a So is this around May time, sort of May time? In the yeah, time? yeah, May, in May, yeah. I mentioned it a couple of times in the diary. But then it all comes to a head, 3rd of June, when... Uh, of course, there was the infamous Tiananmen Square massacre where thousands of demonstrators were shot and, and killed and run over by tanks and God goodness knows what. So this is in the 4th of June in, yeah. uh, what, in Peking, which is now known yeah. as Beijing. Yeah, yeah there was a, there's the iconic uh, picture of that lone person with a, with a couple of like, shopping bags standing on a bridge stopping a whole row of tanks from uh, coming past, which is one of the bravest things I've ever seen. But uh, alas, the, you know, that wasn't the case for thousands of others. They were all uh, run over or, or shot. So demonstrators, mainly students, had occupied the square for seven weeks, yeah. refusing to move yeah. until democratic reform demands were met. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the protest began with a march by students in memory of yeah. uh, former yeah. party leader, yeah. Hugh Yaobang, who had died a week before. So yeah. tensions have mounted, yeah. and it, it came to a head with Tiananmen Square. Yeah. And you can bring that forward now. To, you know, we've seen in Hong Kong the, uh, the, the students have been doing exactly the same there for the last six months or so. It's got, it seems to have gone a bit quiet at the moment, but uh, I, I suspect now that the, uh, the, the, they've rounded up all the... Uh, the ringleaders and the people who've been behind it all and uh, they've all discreetly just vanished off the face of the earth these people have because uh, with you know with social media and facebook and things like that these days they, they, they can uh, they can watch people's activities can't they because even they know who who's doing what and that, whereas that that wasn't it was just a general sort of rebellion of everybody Without any obvious leaders, I think in uh, in those days the big the big five G debate now that comes in with yeah uh, yeah, yeah Chinese democracy yeah, yeah. it's all gone quiet at the moment so we'll watch this space see what see what happens anyway we were on our way to Newquay while all this was happening and uh, we it was lovely we had a fantastic holiday and we'd only been there a day when on the, the 4th of June, somebody from the BBC, I kid you not, knocked on the caravan door. Auntie came calling. Auntie came calling, yeah. And asked if we'd be interested in uh, being roles of extras in a TV drama that they were filming on the site. And of course, you know, the answer was yes. We'd love to. So we had to go to, uh, to wardrobe and to makeup and I had to have like a, a fake, because only been there, only been there a day. A fake tan put all over me, to, uh, made me look really bronzed, the bronzer donners. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to uh, wear these shorts and uh, carry a surfboard under my arm, because <laughs> it was a uh, living the Midlands. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we were, and we were extras. You were an extra. Your mum was an extra, and uh, even little Alan in his pushchair. Was it was an extra? 
we had to watch the clapperboard action and we had to, we were obviously, we didn't have any lines or anything, we were just milling around in the background. But this was a, called Ball Trap, this, uh, this, this programme was. I know it sounds unusual, but that, that's what it was called. Ball Trap on the Cote Sauvage. Ball Trap on the Cote Sauvage, that's what it was Starring, called. Uh, well, featuring, uh, who's now known, well-known, Miranda Richardson, yeah. um, Zoe Wanamaker, yeah. and looking at the credits, there was a character called, well, literally the noun Pratt. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't me. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the extras didn't get named. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we we were extras and we we had to do as we were told and and march here and there and mill around in the background of these these scenes, uh, all outdoor scenes there were on the site. They uh, they dressed the the site up as a, a French campsite, so we were supposed to be in France. <laughs> <laughs> And at the end of the day, when we'd, do, we'd done it all, it was great fun. We thoroughly enjoyed it. They they paid us. We, we all got uh, £10 each. Even Alan in his pushchair, yeah, £10. Quid. So we had uh, we, we were given £40 quid for for our work as extras. What did I do with mine? Uh, well, we'll spend it on you, you know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> in a trust for you. It's probably gained interest by now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, as you can imagine, we were so excited that uh, I told the whole world about it. Uh, when I got back home, when I got back to work, I was telling everybody I'd been an extra and I was, I was filmed and uh, the family were and we were going to be on the telly and we knew when this bull trap uh, programme was going to be uh, aired. We found out when it was going to be on BBC and I made sure everybody, everybody in the world was going to watch it because they'd see us, you know. So uh, everybody at 3M, everybody in Aberston, all knew the time that this was going to be on BBC and they all had to watch it because Brian and his family would be, would be there as extras. And, uh, oh, I can't tell you the disappointment when we, when we watched it. I, I watched the programme all the way through. I can't remember what, it, what the plot line was or anything because I was just waiting to see myself in the background. <laughs> and... Uh, a telltale surfboard. Yeah. Anyway, it ended, and uh, no sign of us. And uh, the credits rolled at the end. Even when the credits were rolling at the end, I was thinking, I'm going to be on the credits. We're going to be in the background during the credits or something. Or like a Marvel-style post-credits scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it didn't happen. And uh, of course, you can imagine when I went to work the next day, uh, because everybody was watching it. You know, whoa, you're lying to us and all that. You know, but. Of course, you realise then, when, when they condense everything down into an hour, they, they shoot like dozens of hours and hours of film, don't they, for these things. And you, you're going to be left on the cooking room floor, which is what happened to us, <laughs> sadly. Just, so, just like some of your great content, Dad. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, that holiday, we had a great time in... Uh, we went on the, all the beaches in, in Newquay and on, went to watch the surfers and uh, sunbathed on the uh, glorious beaches they've got all around Newquay. Went down to St Ives and we went to Land's End. We went to Penzance and we, we got on the Penzance uh, ferry, the, the, the Salonian, to the Scilly Isles and had a, a lovely day in the Scilly Isles. It was a fantastic holiday. And then, of course, your both sets of grandparents came down as well for the following... Lots of two weeks, 
So six weeks, fantastic summer that was there. At the end of it, I had to tow the caravan home and it was a nightmare journey going back. I remember you had a you had a little pedal car at the time. It was a police pedal car. I loved that thing. Yeah. I loved that thing. I was yeah. gutted when I grew out of it, which was which was <laughs> yeah. rather quickly. Yes. But yes. it was basically a miniature police car with, yeah. a, with a working siren. Yeah, and you had a policeman's helmet that you used to wear when you pedaled it. Little Bobby's hat. Yeah. You used to pedal, pedal endlessly around the uh, the square at the bottom of Arden Street, you know, patrolling, patrolling the, the houses. <laughs> and uh, Vigilante justice. Yeah. Anyway, you, you had it in this... Uh, I had a Rover uh, 2000 that I, I, I had two Rovers actually, I think this was the three and a half litre one that we... Uh, Get you? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was a big, big engine, big Rover, we had to pull the caravan you see, and uh, I can remember you having the pedal car in the front seat at one stage, and you were sitting in the pedal car in the front seat, driving you know, along as I was actually doing the real driving, and... Uh, how we got away with that then, I don't know. Yeah, the, the uh, irony of having a police car and the yeah, galley yeah. in this in the front seat. I know, seems... things weren't as, as strict in, that, in those days with, uh, with car, children in car seats in the back. <laughs> but uh, it was a nightmare journey back. It took about 12 hours to get back with the traffic jams on the M5 and what have you. And uh, that put me, put me off caravan. Although we'd had a lovely holiday, I decided we were going to sell it. And... Uh, I managed to sell it uh, a couple of weeks later, I've got in the diary here, for 750 quid to a, a teacher from the, from the high school. He's a, it was a Mr. Harris, if anybody knew a Mr. Harris. He, he bought our caravan and... Uh, Lived in a caravan, well, possibly. Well, uh, hopefully, he'd like to think he had uh, plenty of nice holidays in it, like we, we had afterwards. Uh, on a sad note, uh, I had to lose my little playmate, uh, Ben, the, the dog. He was uh, seven going on eight. And uh, because we'd got, uh, this was happening in other families, I think, because we'd got two small children, he'd become a bit jealous and he was starting to snap and growl. And uh, I was at work and your, your mum was worried that he was, he was gonna turn. And uh, we couldn't have that. We, we tried all sorts of things. First, we, we, he was castrated, bless him, that didn't calm him down. And, uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, no, well, no, and uh, we, we we gave him to uh, grandma and granddad to keep for a while, but uh, that didn't that didn't work out. And uh, sadly, I had to put to sleep, so that, that was a, a really sad episode. But uh, he'd, he'd had a good, a, a good life with us while we, we got him, but we couldn't, couldn't risk him... Uh, Biting a child or uh, or, or a neighbour, which was uh, on the cards, I think, at that time. So in the diary, I've got uh, Alan's progress because uh, he'd been with us since the previous. Well, he just came in December the previous year. We've got uh, signs of him crawling in the diary, holding himself up onto his two feet. The sign of a first tooth coming through. That's all recorded in the in the nineteen eighty nine diaries. We had, we had some nice uh, days out as well in because uh, the weather was really nice in the summer of nineteen eighty nine. I, I record in the diary that it was in the nineties, the temperature in some some parts of July and, and June. Really, really warm summer. We had uh, 
a day out in uh, in Matlock as a family up in uh, Derbyshire where we went to the, the Heights of Abraham and uh, experienced the cable cars there. Really, really nice. They're, they're, they're still a, a nice day out to be had now, that is. It hasn't changed much up there, I don't think. And uh, out for picnics at uh, Cork Abbey in the sunshine. That was really nice. The mortgage rate hit 14.5% in October of 1989. So that's a phenomenal. You know, I mean, we've been used to really low interest rates for years and years now but at that time they'd gone through the roof and they were talking about putting them up even higher at the time so that was that was quite a, a stunning thing 14 and a half percent mortgage rate what was the thinking behind that then economically that's just the way the economy was at the time you know the uh, it called for high high uh, interest rates well, I was earning, was, I was earning, still earning well at that time. You know, I was still a maker fitter at the, at the 3Ms for, for four years. Been earning what you would call good wages, lots of overtime. I was often at work on a Saturday and Sunday, as well as, you know, five days a week. They also were, then in 1989, we'd, we'd got two new big shopping centres to visit. The Merry Hill Shopping Centre in Briarly Hill had recently opened, and it was one of the great big indoor shopping centre that was uh, enjoyable to go and visit at the time. Which I suppose, yeah, of the yeah. 80s, they, yeah. were, they would have oh, been yeah. the, what the Americans would call a mall. A mall, was... yeah, there were the new things then. I mean, the, the one, the, the, the Birmingham uh, Boring was still a, an old relic of the 50s at the time. It wasn't very good at all, you know, it's still to be developed, that was. But uh, they got that big retail park at Foss Park as well, at the top of the M69, it had only just opened that year as well. So we used to like to go to visit that. Our hero, boxing hero, Frank Bruno, uh, faced Mike Tyson, who was uh, awesome at the time, Mike Tyson. Was As that. mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah, I think it lasted uh, four or five rounds, and I think uh, Frank managed to get one punch in in about the third round, I think. that uh, You could tell, because he, he, he had a big punch, Frank did. He was, he'd always got a puncher's chance, you know, he was a bit of a plodder, like he wasn't uh, a, a very artistic boxer. But uh, if he ever got the chance to to put his big punch in, he, he'd always got a chance. And he, and he, he, like a Henry Cooper type, he, I Henry guess. Henry Cooper type, yeah, and he, he, he did. He, 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 he shook Tyson with one punch in about the third round, but uh, that just... Uh, Got Tyson angry, I think. <laughs> Pulling the lion's came, tail. Came back and flattened Frank after that, and it was stopped, I think, in the, the fourth or fifth. I sold uh, your granddad's car, granddad Charlie's car. He'd, uh, he wanted just to sell it for him. It was a dark blue Cortina 1600 XL, I remember. And they were the cars of the moment at that time like there were everybody had a Cortina uh, it was a very very popular car I got £130 for it and he was over the moon <laughs> <laughs> but it was like uh, it was just like one of the taxis that went round Addison at the time it was exactly the same colour and uh, it was Chris's cabs Chris anybody from of a certain age you'll know uh, Chris's cabs they were the uh, the taxi firm in in Aberston, along with uh, Vicky's taxis. There was Vicky's taxis and Chris's cabs. Well, Chris's cabs had these blue Cortinas, and uh, 
was forever getting flagged down because <laughs> it was the same colour as the cabs and the same model. People would stick their arm out and say, think, you know, oh, hey, taxi. And I'd say, no, mate, we're not a taxi. <laughs> and drive on. It could have been a precursor to Uber. Yeah, uh, yes, could have been, yeah. Except, again, we didn't have uh, mobile phones or the internet then. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is an important part of that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a technology. They, they yeah. always say oh, we're a technology company, not a travel yeah. company. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I said grand, about Uber, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Grandad was pleased with his £130, and uh, I think I remember him treating me to a, a pint. Your granddad Charlie had a, a, a cousin called Bill Scott, who, who he actually worked for an American bank, uh, Bill did, but he'd, uh, he'd retired by this time and they, they, they used to come and visit uh, him and his wife, Bill and Jean Scott, who were from New England, but uh, retired to Florida by this time. They had a house in Florida, so they used to call them the snow geese, apparently, the, Florida people when they, they used to come in the winter to the winter home from New England. The snow geese were arriving, they'd say. <laughs> and they, anyway, Bill and Jean were lovely people and uh, they came to visit their grandma and granddad in uh, Old England. In Old England, yeah. To stay with them. And uh, grandma used to campaign for Francis Maud, who was the uh, the Conservative MP, and uh, she was. That's a story in itself. How how Grandad was, uh, you know, the Labour man, and the Grandma was this Conservative. <laughs> to cut a long story short, she she took them to Parliament. Uh, Bill and Jean took them down to Parliament and uh, met uh, Francis Maud's secretary, and uh, they were they were taken in, and shown all round. They even, I kid you not, took them up uh, Big Ben, and they went to the inside of the clock face. The Elizabeth, the Elizabeth Tower. The top of the Elizabeth Tower, what we call Big Ben, yeah. So that was the sort of access you could get in those days. Like, can you imagine trying to do that now as just a, a member of the public? It never happened, would impossible. it? Impossible. Absolutely impossible. But uh, it was seen as doing a favour for a hard-working uh, constituent member, you know. And uh, yeah, took them in, on the inside of the uh, the clock face. I can remember Bill and Jean couldn't believe it. They they actually asked uh, uh, Grandma, she said, do, do, do you know Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought she was like MI5 or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that. And of course... Uh, big year for uh, Parliament with the... Big, yes. The, the, that, that, Televisation. That year in uh, November, the year I've got it in the diary here, they actually started to televise Parliament for the first time, which was a, a big thing. You know, so open, does that mean Prime Minister's questions every Wednesday? Yes, yes, all that. Up until then, we didn't know what went on in there. It was, uh, you know, there'd always been a, a, a heavy vote against it. You know, they didn't want people to see what went on in that but I mean it's the most natural thing now you know we should be able to, to see what goes on so those uh, yeah you, you'd get uh, drawings in them, them days like you do of the court proceedings now you know that was the nearest you could get to seeing what went on in Parliament <laughs> but yeah a big event so all, all in all 1989 bar 
Ben, God rest his little soul. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a good year for us. Yeah. But a, 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 quite a seismic one for democracy and politics of the oh, world. Yeah, yeah. Bad one for relegation. Bad one for Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But between Hillsborough, the Soviets in Afghanistan, Tiananmen Square, yeah. uh, from Ayatollah to Briatollah. Yeah. Brian's democracy. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got it off world. Hey, things were happening off world as well. Off world. Yeah. I, I, I recorded in the diary uh, that uh, Voyager had reached Neptune, so it was reaching the, the, the outer reaches of the uh, solar system in, in uh, 1989. That's the Voyager the, uh, that was launched in 1977, which, which had the uh, recordings of, of greetings in many languages. and uh, The famous disc. The disc, yeah, with the Rolling Stones on and, and all that. that uh, you can't even know, I guess. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll approve of the stones being out anyway. But uh, God knows, goodness knows where that is now. It must be because you know that was nineteen eighty nine. It was Neptune, so it's way out of the solar system now, isn't it? Beyond the galaxy. Beyond the galaxy, yeah. So some little green man, somebody's probably listening to. Uh, I can't get no satisfaction somewhere, and <laughs> ready to pay us a visit. <laughs> Yeah, Voyager was at Neptune at that stage anyway. So that was the off-world uh, section of the diary. <laughs> so there you go. We're covering interplanetary goings-on as well. Who knows, one day we might be sending out the Half-Life of Brian podcast beyond the solar system ourselves. We'll see how it goes. Early days. But if you want to get in touch with the podcast and you've liked what you hear, We've really valued the contributions we've had earlier on regarding all the things we talked about in previous podcasts for 1987 and 88, respectively. Next one up is 1990, so we're heading into the 90s, era of my childhood, really. Uh, Britpop, um, the Spice Girls, and all the events, global, trivial, critical, and otherwise, surrounding the years leading up to the millennium, uh, and we're going to cover them all, aren't we, Dad? Oh, well, certainly, yes. Because there's lots left to go. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, so if you want to get in touch with the podcast, contact us at Half Life of Brian on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Instagram as well. We do have a Facebook page and an upcoming website as well, um, but we'll give out details of that as and when they come. Yep, so keep an eye out for 1990s effort oh yes uh, we'll put some images up and links to relevant content Tiananmen Square Berlin Wall anything to do with maybe even we'll put a link to Ball Trap on the Cot Sauvage uh, <laughs> check that out and try and find it if you can it hasn't been repeated I don't think no it was <laughs> it, very uh, we got shot down quite quickly on the yeah. BBC website yeah it's due one it's <laughs> due repeat but um, the outtakes <laughs> let's hope so we met the blooper reel um, so, until next time, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bri for now. That's-